0: Marriage on a Tightrope supports couples in strengthening their mixed-faith marriage.
1: Visit tightropemarriage.org to make a recurring donation and learn more about the mixed-faith community.
0: Hi, we're Matt and Lindsay Kerr. I'm Lindsay. I'm Matt. (laughs) You may have heard us before on Alan and Katie's podcast. Um, They interviewed us several months back, and um, when I found out that Alan was going to be going back to church, when I read his message about that online a few days ago, I approached him and asked if it would be okay if I participated as well. Um, I have not gone to church since winter time. This last winter, I think it was maybe February or early March, and um, my last experience at church was me um, coming home crying. (laughs) And so ever since then, even that same day, I just thought to myself, you know what, I'm not going to stop there. I'm not going to have my last day in church be me crying. Um, I want to be able to be amongst those friends and neighbors and my husband, and I want to be able to sit through a meeting and listen and find the good and, you know, and just be able to participate when I have nephews and nieces and uh, brothers and sisters who are having events, you know, where they, where I would need to go to a church meeting. I want to be able to do that and not have it be such a traumatic um, experience for myself. And so when Alan um, said that he was going to go back to church, I um, immediately just wanted to join him and I wanted to take on that challenge as well to to give it a shot and just to see how it goes and just to be super curious um, so that was my goal um, going to church today was to just be curious to just go and watch and listen and and to remember like what kind of set me off last time and to, to be curious why that happened and to you know just try to figure out. Is church a place that I want to be once in a while? And is church a safe place for non-believers? And does it need to be safe? Is it okay if it's not safe sometimes? Um, Anyway, so that's kind of, those were the questions that I was kind of posing to myself. as I went to church today. Um, As Matt and I woke up this morning, do you want to kind of tell a little bit about that, Matt? We had um, a teary conversation, as we often do. So, (laughs)
1: Lindsay, uh, I came home from a scout camp and she said, I'm going back to church tomorrow. And I was like, really? (laughs) Because, uh, the previous time, not only did she have a a rough time, I had a rough time because she had a rough time. In fact, um, there was a comment given in a lesson and, and I ended up having a really,
0: why don't you tell a little bit about like what the lesson was about and like just the direction it turned. The,
1: the lesson, it was, it was a come follow me Sunday school lesson. Um, and, uh, I found out later, and so this gave me a little bit more opportunity to have a little bit more love and grace for somebody else. That the person who was teaching the Sunday school lesson was kind of asked last minute to teach, um, so he wasn't fully prepared, and uh, and the topic was something to the effect of um,
0: the light of Christ. The
1: light of Christ. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was the light of Christ, and and uh, he he started by talking about some people that he knew. Uh, who had left the church and um, how he he'd seen in his opinion, he'd seen the light of Christ go out of their lives
0: and a coworker who just had never been a member of the church. Yeah. Uh-huh. And,
1: yeah. and um, as Lindsay describes it, her eject button went off and she was like, i I have to leave. Um, and so after she left, I, I sat there for a few minutes thinking, I sat there thinking, what, <laughs> what am I doing? Like, what am I going to do about this um, and I couldn't just sit there through the rest of the lesson and and know that my wife had just walked home um, in tears and so I left and, and went back, went to our house um, and comforted her but then I also knew that I wanted to be back there to try and understand what I was feeling and um, I didn't want to have, want to have hard feelings towards this person
0: that was the funny part about it too is that i my eject button did go off but it felt useful to me it didn't feel i didn't feel like oh someone just you know just abused me and now i'm a victim and i have to leave or something it didn't feel that way at all i just felt sad that was it (laughs) and i think because i've been trying to do so much work on myself personally like just owning my own um, emotions and feelings and and just allowing myself to feel emotion that's what happened i just allowed myself to feel emotion and um, when he said those words i felt super sad and so i walked home crying but it was like a really useful emotion it was a useful cry i got home and i cried for probably another five or ten minutes and then i was done and i the entire time, I honestly never even felt malice towards him. I just was like, that was just sad. That was just an unfortunate situation where I heard words that just didn't feel good or kind, and they and I felt sad about them. And, um, and it was interesting, though, because Matt did feel very defensive. He came home and was like, why did he have to do that? And I was like, it's fine. Like, I'm not mad at him. I was actually super grateful because I had had an opportunity to speak with this same a gentleman um, several weeks earlier at a Christmas party, and I had gotten to know him. And um, I think if I hadn't gotten to know him, that I too may have been like, um, you know, like, gosh, why was that guy being so harsh with people, you know, who are inactive or people who aren't members of the church? But I think because I'd had those, you know, that 20 minutes to sit and visit with him and kind of get to know him, my instinct was to give him the benefit of the doubt and just be like, oh, he probably just doesn't know that many people who have left the church who um still have a light about them right and if people don't know a lot of people like that then it of course it would be simple for them their eye would be looking for that right his eye was looking for flaws in you know in um, theories and people's lifestyles that don't match his own in order to make his seem justified. I think that's what we all do. And so I, anyway, so I kind of was like, ah, it's fine. I don't, I don't blame him. He probably just doesn't know that many people. And, and Matt is still trying to, to, um, you know, drop the frustration with him. But anyway, so that was my last experience at church, right? Well, and actually let me, so it was
1: interesting because, uh, I did go back Mm -hmm. and, um, if, if your eject button hadn't gone off and if I hadn't left, um, I would have heard, I, I did hear when I got back a lot of comments um, because I think it was very evident that it was hurtful and there were a lot of comments about uh, people who, who have the light of Christ and, and are not members of the church and, and a lot of people um, kind of almost confronting him. And so it was interesting because there was, there was a lot of discussion. I think it was a very productive discussion. I think it was very good um, it was a good thing that that a lot of people were able to to witness and to kind of see it within themselves and to try and figure out like what how they navigate um, their life and how they navigate this kind of situation because it's it is it's common that you're going to run into somebody who is not of your belief. Even people who are, even people who are in a marriage who uh, completely are active LDS, they still, it's still a mixed faith marriage. Sure. They still have different beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's like, well, I, I understood this scripture that way and you understand it this way. We all have differing beliefs. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's good for people to recognize that like, not everybody sees things exactly as I do and that's okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And how am I going to communicate that's ultimately what we want to do is is have connection and communication that's really what we're you know why we have human relations is to have that connection and that communication and that's what we're trying to do
0: sure and i think the older both of us get the more we realize that that is like the happiest thing in our whole life right is like our relationships with each other with our kids with our siblings with our friends like they just bring so much joy to us and so I, hello, we live in bountiful Utah, right? Like everyone we know is Mormon and we, there are actually, there is a little bit more diversity on our, on our street right now than there probably has been in the past. And we love that. We're so grateful for that, but I want to be able to go once in a while and have it be an okay experience. So that's what we, Matt and I were laying in bed talking about this morning is like our, okay, is it, I mean, is being, Um, you know active in the LDS church is it kind of similar to like being in a Facebook group right where there are these moderators who kind of make some rules as to what's okay and what's not okay and then different people decide if they want to come or if they don't want to come or the moderators decide you get to come in or you don't get to come in right and then once you're in the group like you get to participate right and if you participate the way that the people in the group like then they'll give you likes and they'll give you thumbs up and they'll and they'll And the moderators won't block your comments. Right. And if you participate in ways that are not favorable, you know, to the group, then of course you can get blocked or people will, you know, will give you, um, you know, disparaging comments, whatever. So that's what I was like kind of thinking this morning, like, do I even want to do this? Am I signing up? Am I like inviting myself to a party, to a Facebook group? Right. That I'm really not even welcome in. And so that's where I started falling apart this morning. We're laying in bed and I'm just kind of sobbing as I'm tr- trying to just think through this and just figure it out, you know, and just pedal through it. And, um, you know, the when Matt left, Matt had to leave at 830 to go to a meeting. And when he left, he didn't think I was coming. I was like, you know what? I really don't think that I'm welcome there. Like, I don't think people want me there, you know? And I thought about the idea of even bearing a testimony and then I started thinking, gosh, you know what? Like, how many times have they read from the pulpit letters explaining what a testimony is and what it isn't? And I could not bear testimony that fits the description, you know, that they would want. So they don't want me to bear testimony and they really don't want me to give comments. I remember being active in the church and having a couple different people who came at different times, right? And who gave comments that were just contrary to the norm and I just remember feeling immediately like uncomfortable and like oh I wish they hadn't said that and and you know what I mean and so I just know because I used to be very active that that's not what people love right I mean there are always a few people there probably who are like that was great you know thanks for that comment that made us all think but 90% of the people there wish you wouldn't speak up if you have something to say that goes against the norm right and so that's where i was like okay why am i even doing this like why is it so important to me to be able to go there And why would it, like, would I be able to sit through a lesson if they're saying lots of things that I disagree with? Would I be able to just sit there quietly and feel like that was a good, productive thing for me to be doing? Maybe it's just best if I just don't even go, you know? And of course, that's the last two and a half years when I have been inactive, that is kind of where I've been. I'm like, you know what? It's just better if I'm not there. I just have so many other things I want to do with my time and with my energy than to listen to that and to feel... You know, to feel looked down upon when the lessons are about you know people that have gone off the path, that are in the dark, that are you don't realize how often you know that rhetoric and that language comes up until you're the one who left, who's off the path, who's in the dark. You know what I mean? Who has fallen away? All those all those comments, like you just yeah, you just don't notice them until you're the one, right? And then that's when church starts to feel so hurtful. And so, and so exhausting. And so it's like, gosh, you know, for the longest time, it just did not feel worth it. But yeah, after this last time, when I came home crying, I was determined. I was like, you know what? I'm not ending like this. I'm not just going to walk away crying and never go back again. I'm going to get to a point where I can go and sit through a meeting and it's going to be okay. So that's where we were. So Matt leaves for his meeting this morning at 830. He's pretty sure I'm not going to come because I've convinced myself that I am not welcome at the party. And then 12 o'clock rolls around and who walks in? You do. It's me. In
1: sparkly gold shoes and black <laughs> pants and this great little sweater. And she just walks in and, and sits down next to me. And I'm like,
0: oh, hi. You decided to come. <laughs>
1: you decided to come. And it's interesting because because being... So it's interesting when, when someone you know goes through a faith transition, I think you all go through a faith transition it, it adjusts even in the slightest way of how you look at things mm-hmm. or how you think about things. And you have to make sense about things for yourself. And you can't, I, I think it's unfair to say you should or you shouldn't to either one of you.
0: Totally. And,
1: yeah. and so sometimes that's where our brains really want to go. They want to go to, um, here is my manual for you and this is what you should do. Mm-hmm. Here's my, you know, these are the things that I think you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's really, it's unfair to the other person and it's unfair to you because y- you are suddenly giving your power over to somebody else to say, okay, if you do these things, I'm going to feel happy. And if you do these things, I'm going to feel sad. And so when you came in, I, I really was trying to think, okay. Because I trust you and I love you, and and that's what I said to you before I left. Mm-hmm. I said because um, you said I don't think they want you there, and I said I want you here or there or wherever you want to be, and and um, because I I don't think that it's necessarily important for you to to come to church with me if you if it feels so. If it doesn't feel productive, I don't want you to be there. Mm -hmm. Like if it's, if it feels hurtful for you, I don't want you to be there because I love you. And and I want you to be, I want you to be in a place that you're growing and learning. And I don't want to be home. I don't want to leave and not be at church because I feel like it's a place that's helpful for me. Mm -hmm. But I understand that that's not the case for everybody.
0: And we run into, you know, just, um... A roadblock a few times right where I say but like remember last time how I left crying like why doesn't that make you not want to go back <laughs> right and that's such a tricky question right because it's not fair but it is right it's just like such a tricky one I use the example to Matt this morning like what if our teenage daughter like went and hung out with some friends and they like said you know these things that made her cry like would you want her to go back there again and would you want to go hang out with those kids again right and I know that's not a perfect example by any means, right? But at the same time, like in my head, it makes sense. And I'm like, why would you want to go hang out with those friends that made our daughter cry, you know? And so anyway, so we're still working through that kind of stuff. Like It's just tricky and there's no perfect answer to like, you know, and and really in the end, what we've come to is that like Matt doesn't have to have a perfect answer. All he has to say is, please trust me that, that I go there not to hurt you, that I go there because I... Like, because it feels beneficial to me. And if it ever stops feeling beneficial to me, um, then I'll stop going, right? But for now, and and same with me. Like, I I will start coming back if it starts feeling beneficial to me. And I don't have to have reasons like, you know, we can't, this is what we did for the longest time, right? We would just make these lists of reasons. Like these are all the reasons why Lindsay should keep coming to church. These are all the reasons why Lindsay shouldn't keep coming to church. These are all the reasons why Matt should stop going to church. These are all the reasons why Matt should start going, like should keep going to church. Right. And those lists, like they just never work out, right? It's such a miserable place to be because your list always feels more justified and always feels more true
1: and more important and
0: more important and more like, yeah, like if you are a good, human like you'll see that this my list makes more sense right it's a miserable place to be
1: well and it's interesting because um it's uh brown talks about how you you know with with empathy we Empathy is is trying to understand where the other person is coming from, but she uses the analogy of, of lenses, and she says you can't physically take off your lenses. Yeah, they are soldered to your brain. Mm-hmm. You can't, and so I, I physically don't know what you're going through when when it's so hurtful for you. And I can, and and this is what I tried to do this morning is I I said I I'll I stopped
0: there for just one second, and I physically don't know what you're going through, like why it's so good for you, right? Like I can try to convince myself that I know what's best for you but i never do Mm -hmm. i just never do right sorry go ahead
1: yeah and and that's so that's what i tried to do this morning i tried Mm -hmm. to be really empathetic because sometimes we'll get in into a situation where we start trying to convince each other and Mm -hmm. we're almost like teenage brothers and sisters who are like one-upping each other Mm -hmm. Um, and i really tried to approach this situation as as your partner as your husband as your Mm -hmm. friend and just listen and be empathetic and i said i I'm sorry. That sounds really hard. Mm -hmm. That sounds really hard. And, and I'm sorry. And that's, you know, that that's was amazing. amazing.
0: Thank you for doing that, by the way. Like that, I think that was like one of the best conversations we've had in such a long time because it didn't get defensive, and you didn't try to fix it. You just kept telling me that you're sorry, and that it felt that that sounded really hard. And I, I could tell you meant it, and it was like huge to me, and it was beautiful. Like you left, and I was like, I felt so loving towards you. And in the past, it hasn't felt that way at all. It's just felt like, oh my gosh, like, are we gonna be able to make it through this? This is like, is this more than we can handle, right? Like this whole mixed faith marriage thing. But I think the more we get to that place where we truly like just let the other person feel their pain or feel whatever it is they need to feel, right? And we don't need to fix it for them and we don't need to get defensive, right? Like that's when like, it's just like that rocket fuel towards like a future that feels hopeful and that feels like so much more fun than the one where we're just constantly fighting and comparing lists and proving each other wrong. Totally. yeah So anyway, so church ended up being fine. Like the lessons this week, I'm, it, I mean, you know how it is. It's like it's a crapshoot from week to week. Sometimes the lessons are just laden with you know remarks that are built into them, and other times they're laden with comments, you know, that that just come from from people who are really doing their best, but just you know they just don't know that some things they say sound so. Harsh to someone who has left, and and so today, honestly, like I absolutely zero complaints. Like the testimony meeting was beautiful. I was crying, which always makes me laugh when I go back um, and cry because I think people always notice. And they're like, oh, she's crying, she's crying, she's gonna come back.
1: <laughs> well, and uh, it, it was to me, it was like it was exactly it was everything a testimony meeting should be. Totally, it totally. was the, the bishop was really really cognizant at the very beginning and, yeah. and said. And said, "We invite you to come up and share testimonies of Jesus Christ, and share testimonies of how the the Holy Spirit in." acts in your life. Mm-hmm. And and we remind you that, that that's what we'd like to hear about. That's what, Those are the testimonies that we'd like to hear.
0: Which does remind people, you know, who come. It says visitors welcome, but it doesn't mean that visitors are welcome to go up and bear testimony if they don't believe in Jesus Christ as a savior, right? And so, but I everyone has their own interpretation of that. Alan, I'm excited to hear how yours went if you went up and bore your testimony, but And I'm still considering maybe doing it if I can figure out a way, you know, to make sense of a testimony that would make sense to me. And maybe I'll even pass it by the bishop before and ask him if he thinks it's okay if I, you know, say a few things. Because I do still think I still I do still think a lot about Jesus. I just don't see him as a personal savior like I used to, you know. And so I'm not certain that like the moderator of that of that group would be, you know, would block my um my responses or if he'll want them if he'll you know think they're fine so maybe i'll pass it by him i don't know i'll I'll think about it but
1: it's kind of like knowing was, your audience that's yeah. that's the thing that's interesting yeah. about it is it's kind of like knowing your audience because you're not gonna you think about like the things that you that you say to a, a five-year-old you're not going to tell them you know this in-depth thing about whatever it is so knowing like knowing your audience i think that's that was the thing that was kind of the switch that happened in my head i was like This is a different audience for, you know, this podcast, for example, has a different audience. The people who are coming to listen to this know either one of their spouses or both or... Know that there's an issue about faith, mm-hmm. and so when we talk about these things,
0: so sensitive, right? Yeah, so careful, we're,
1: and and we're mm-hmm. aware and we're very cognizant of the things mm-hmm. that we're saying. And and at church, it's a different audience. And if sure. you're at a you know if you're at a rock concert, it's a completely different audience than than at sure. a church meeting.
0: Which don't you think? Honestly, when you think about it, like I don't know, people in mixed faith marriages have so many advantages like yes. because i think when you when you're in an echo chamber either in or outside of the church it is it really truly is a little bit more difficult i think to see the perspectives of your fellow you know humans and I think when you've got two people in one house who have such extreme polar views of like their existence and their you know pre and post life like that I don't know that stuff I think it's I really do think it's an advantage to most of us it's a superpower yeah and to our kids right like that we just have this and it's hard I'm not saying I think in lots of ways our life was easier in some ways, you know, before I went through my faith transition and, um, our kids just had two parents who just took them to church every week. And it was in lots of ways, it was so much simpler. Right. Yeah. But it, but now it's, I don't know, in, in so many ways now our the depth of our, of our thought processes and the depth of our love for one another has had to, um, evolve, evolve and has had to just deepen you know it has yeah and
1: and it's interesting because it it allows you to to evolve yourself it allows you to think more deeply about what you believe and why you believe it Mm -hmm. and and what you don't believe and why you don't believe it it allows you to to allow somebody else to have a belief that doesn't match with what you believe and be okay with it Mm -hmm. which is huge that's Mm -hmm. that's that allows you to have not just empathy but it allows you to have connection it allows (laughs) you to have that intimacy yeah and and without you know sometimes understanding where somebody's coming from you have so much more um depth of feeling and depth of like connection and and saying oh wow i i didn't know that that was that hard for you Mm -hmm. i'm sorry yeah. Um it allows you to have so much more intimacy in your marriage and and mm-hmm. and so much more um intimacy with yourself almost like sure. understanding what you believe and why you believe it. Mm-hmm. It's powerful.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. For yeah. For so sure. I
1: think it was a model for me. It was a model sacrament meeting. Totally. I was like, I know <laughs>
0: bring it on next week. Bountiful ward. Cause we know you can do better than that. We know you can try harder to offend me. <laughs> no, I'm totally joking. No, like honestly, and it's never that it really isn't like I'm not an easy, I'm never, I've never been a person who's like easily offended by other people's comments and stuff. But I am sensitive to other people's words, right? But I don't, I don't make it mean anything about them. I'm not like, oh, I hate them or anything. It's never been like that. It's more just like, oh, like how do I process that? How do I, how do I make sense of that? You know. So anyway, it for sure it wasn't as far as meetings go. It was a two-hour block that was relatively easy. I mean, I could, I could have like nitpicked a few things, you know, to point out, but 99% of it was very uh, sensitive to, like, you know, yeah, to a large. Um, you know, audience of people. But anyway,
1: I kind of think that that's like, it, it felt like to me, it felt like that's really what people are trying to do anyway. Like they're trying, they were trying to be loving and, and I don't think that they were like on their, like, we have, we have to be a model citizen now because we have somebody in the audience. I think that they really, people really do try
0: their best. They try their best I think a lot of people Are very unaware though That there's anyone In the audience Who doesn't think Just like them Mm -hmm. Right And so that's when The really insensitive Comments come out That can feel really hurtful Yeah And even I mean even just like I mean there were Several things said You know like Just like you know, like, I don't have a, a sh- beyond a shadow of a doubt, you know, all those comments like that, and you're just like, so if I do have a shadow of a doubt, then what, right, like, then is that a problem, and, right, like, people just say a lot of things like that, where they're just so certain, and they're so sure that they know exactly how things are, right, mm-hmm. and that never even phases you until you're the one who's doubting, or you're the one who has, you know, who has left, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, are we looking down on the people who do have doubts, or we, you know, and it, it's tricky. So anyway, so we'll stop here before we go on for too long, but thank you for this opportunity and we will look forward to talking again next week and, um, yeah, and just going back to church again next week. So week two, here we come.